Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Into the Comics Cave with your host, comic book heartthrob, Grant Stoy. Hello, uh, fellow humans. Thank you again for tuning in. Um, I'm Grant, of course, and I have a guest I'm pretty stoked about. Uh, I've been a big fan of his webcomic for a while now. Back the recent Kickstarter, which was successful, I might add. Uh, but we got cartoonist George Gant with us today. How's it going, George? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How, how are you? I'm hanging in there. Uh, we both have young kids, and uh, most of our listeners may be young adults without kids, and they'll they'll never know. They'll never know how tired <laughs> it is. Oh man, you, it it will take your energy in a heartbeat. I'm telling you. <laughs> and one thing I want to know is your artwork is so clean and so nice and tight. How in the world do you find the time to do that? I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know what? I think it's one of those cases where it's like I um I have been doing it. I've been doing this for a while. So like because I've been doing this for so long, I'm able to like um get kind of like uh like the, the results I want. I mean I'm never satisfied, mm-hmm. but uh I think like just with me, it's just like it's the experience that I have uh just with these web comics because uh this year will be like year 16 of drawing web comics. So I um yeah man, I've been at this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I um you know practice. Uh I'm I'm never satisfied. Like I always want to like outdo um myself. And um and I and I try and I, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm I'm working on it. I feel like that's the answer that most artists will say. Like, I'm always improving, always trying to get better. It's like, God, you guys are really good as as is right now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and George, uh, I want to know about where you grew up and what it was like. Okay. Well, uh, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm fractured from Chicago, born and raised. Oh, right on, dude. And I, uh, I've, I've actually grown up like all over Chicago. I'm. Technically, I'm from like the west side of Chicago. Okay. Uh, I grew up there, and I grew up on the south side of Chicago. And um, I was very much like the computer geek, video game geek. So, I um my my upbringing, um, uh, especially you know growing up in Chicago in the '90s, mine has basically been me in the house playing video games because it's the '90s, and we have like all these great like 
Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Sega Genesis. It was like it was such a like great era for like video oh games gosh, and things like yeah. that. And like that's all I wanted to do. So um <laughs> I watched cartoons and played video games pretty much my whole so, life. Were were you more of a Super Nintendo or Genesis family? Oh, I was a Genesis kid. Like Yes. I uh it's, it's funny, like um my mother actually just visited last week. And I and I showed her that the Genesis games that she bought us when we were kids that I still have them, so she was surprised at that. So I, th- I thought that was really cool. And but, what what were your favorite games on Genesis? Oh man, uh, I was a big. Uh, well, I mean, you all you have to have your Sonics, of course. Oh yeah, uh, your Sonic Sea Streets uh, Rages. Um, I loved Shining Force. Okay, it was like the like the first RPG I I ever really got into. Um. Shiny Force. Uh, I love like a lot of the, the the licensed stuff. Like I love like Ninja Turtles, like Hyperstone Heist. Yes. And um, and like uh, Adventures of Batman and Robin, uh, Contra Hardcore, uh, Castlevania, um, like Pulseman. I really like Pulseman. Uh, that was like like very rare, like very hard to play at the time. Like you name it, I probably <laughs> put it in some way. And did you ever get one of those? Uh, I know they're kind of tricky to find, but those Sega Genesis controllers that that had the six buttons on it instead of the three. Um, I did. I uh, the one I had was uh, it was like a third party. Okay. And um, and I'm I'm from the cap where, like, don't buy third party controllers, right? Mm-hmm. But this one was really good, and um, and you know, I was a kid, I didn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but this one was really good, um, and I would just like play like Street Fighter like very well on it. Um, I didn't get like an official one until like I was grown, and it was like the USB version that you could plug into your PC or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, and where where did these video games and all that stuff did that kind of lead you into art artistic adventures, or was that um, something you developed independent of it? Uh, it was it was sort of. Um, I got started, uh, uh, my family and I, uh, we moved into a house uh, previously owned by a relative. And, uh, one of the things that they left behind was like a stack of, uh, Calvin and Hobbes books. Oh, nice. Uh, it was like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like all these different, like common collections. There was Calvin and Hobbes. There was a uh, Bloom County, oh, uh, a few Garfields, few Peanuts. But for me, like it was all about Calvin and Hobbes, and like that, uh, that, and at the same time was, like, I was like big into Ninja Turtles, and like I just started like going to a new school, and like I, like the first time I saw somebody like draw, somebody older than me draw, like, like some older like classman, like maybe like a fourth, fifth grader, <laughs> drew like this Ninja Turtle, and I was like so enamored with it, and I was like, you know, like. Like it spoke out to me. Like I, I like to draw. I would like to draw things. I, I like to draw my own cartoons. So like, my path to this was a lifelong one. And from there, I would just draw. I would just draw in class. Uh, I draw like Sonic the Hedgehog stuff all the time as well. Oh yeah, you could probably fit that stuff in the margins of like notebook paper and stuff real well. Oh man, yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, that that was that was like my entire school experience, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Uh, just not doing work and just drawing the classrooms. Of course, uh, teachers would complain to my mother and I get in trouble. 
yeah, well, look what they got me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find yourself kind of influenced by Bill Watterson's stylings? Yeah, um, yeah, even now, um, even now, I, I think that I am like greatly influenced by uh, Bill Watterson's work. He's, in my opinion, um, like the only cartoonist that doesn't let the restrictions, like one of the few cartoonists that doesn't let the restrictions of the traditional newspaper format dictate what he wants to create. Yeah. Like he can create these highly cinematic comic strips within the boundaries of these four panels. And I love that. And that's something that I try to replicate myself. I'm nowhere near as good as he was. I, is, well, who is? And I will ne- and I will never be, but I I I, I love that um, about his work more than anything. I even like even more than the writing, which is, in itself was just great. I love that he was able to take this thing, make it so grand and so beautiful, and still was able to fit it in such a small place. Yeah, just seeing about how, how not just his artwork, but also his humor has affected all of our generation. Just like how we tell stories, how we read stories. It's been really cool. Yeah, I, I, I think like greatest comic strip ever, probably my biggest influence. Like even now I'm, I'm looking at this this work, I'm looking at uh, the comic I'm working on right now and I'm thinking, man, like are my, are my ink strokes, uh, like how do they look? All right, Calvin and Hobbes, Hobbes-esque. I, I've got like the entire uh, series like uh, on the bookshelf behind me, like. But like even now, um, I, I I find myself just like gravitating towards like those comics and that art style. Like I, it's perfect. You know, I can't say anything bad about it. You know. Right. And how old were you when you decided to start like trying to pursue artwork as like a viable vocation? Um. Well, I, you know, I had the stuff when I was a kid. Um, that's 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 a good question. Um, <laughs> because you know how it is. You start and you stop. You start and you stop. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I actually drew, like, well, as a high school. I, I did some editorial stuff for my school paper. Uh, won a, quite a few citywide awards uh, for that. That was, like, four awards over, like, three years. And you know I'm in Chicago, so it's like a pretty big thing. Yeah. But uh, after that, I kind of just stopped. You know, mm-hmm. you know you're you know how it is like you're a teenager. You do like you want to do teenager things. Mm-hmm. You're not really thinking of being as creative because you know you're going through all that stuff. And I didn't really pick it back up until I was in my twenties. Like I was working um, at Starbucks and I was like in in school in college and I was just bored and I I really didn't want to really do that. Like besides drawing, uh I, I'm a, like a big computer guy. Mm-hmm. Like like when I was well you were talking telling me about the night I was telling you about the nineties, like with the video game stuff and things like that. I was also like programming in basic and, and like writing oh programs gosh. and whatnot. I I went to school for graphic design first and then I went for IT and I wasn't really sure like if that's what I wanted to do. I'm in my early 20s. I don't know what I want to do. Yeah, life. right. And like around the same time is when I discovered like uh, Penny Arcade. Yes. The Boondocks. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. Like, like I heard of the Boondocks and uh, that really hit me because um, like as a young African-American creator, like cartoonist, 
I was like, hey, like this is this is this is great. Uh Aaron Magruder, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, uh has some roots in Chicago. I don't know exactly how far they go. Really? I believe I could be wrong. I okay. might be wrong. Well, <laughs> but, uh, but I think there was some roots there. And like I, I always like gravitate to like hometown people uh uh from time to time. But um like those things came out and I I thought, you know what? With Pin in the Arcade, you see like you have like the booming webcomic scene basically. Uh-huh. And all these people are making webcomics. I I I've been drawing cartoons uh in high school. I was drawn as a kid. Let me make my own. I'm passionate about video games. I'm gonna make a video game webcomic. And uh that was when I decided I'm gonna try to like make my own comic. I and you know, I was young, I was cocky, I was arrogant. <laughs> So I was out thinking I'm gonna get this syndicated and this oh is gonna my happen. gosh. And this is gonna happen, <laughs> this is gonna happen during Goodwill. I never like at that point I haven't actually drawn a, a single comic strip in my entire life. <laughs> oh and during uh, that time, and this is like the early two thousands, right? Yeah, like early to mid two thousands. There uh, were so many video game web comics. Oh man. And uh yeah, and then I thought I'd throw my head in the ring and it was not <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't great. <laughs> It wasn't a good comic. It was me chasing trends and not actually making my own thing. But it it, it taught me that I can't be consistent with making comics, and that you know I'm willing to put in the work. Oh yeah. And what's um, what what was your schedule like then, as opposed to now, for how to keep you know cranking out the panels after panels after panels on a schedule? Oh oh, back then I was doing like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh my gosh. Yeah yeah, I was a. Uh, it's it's crazy. Like I was like twenty, I was like twenty three. I I could like stay up all night and draw. <laughs> um, but you know, after I, I did it for a couple of years, and after doing that, I actually uh, launched another web comic. Um, and this one was called On the Grind. This web comic was kind of like Beware Tyler in that it was kind of based on my own life, mm-hmm. but uh, this time it was based on my experiences as a young African American working in the food service industry. Oh, that, which is brutal, like as it is, without being an African American. Yeah, well, with that, it was um, that uh, that actually, I, the whole African American part actually literally came to me because of something that actually happened. Oh no! Yeah, man. Uh, so it was like my first day at uh, Caribou Coffee. I left Starbucks. I went over to Caribou, and I was uh training, just trying to work the till. Nothing, nothing special, you know. Yeah. But it was my first day. I don't know how their systems work. So I'm like struggling during the morning rush because I've never used this till before and I don't know what I'm doing. And this lady, this uh, this older woman, she tells me to treat it like a basketball. What? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And uh and that like stuck with me for so long. And then like just thinking about like all the customers and just thinking about all the things that people do and how like like different customers have like different like archetypes that mm-hmm. you can actually like group them all into like different types of uh, characters. Yeah. And so I just started making this comic to to sort of vent, just like, you know, yeah. to sort of vent. And at the time there weren't, there were a couple, but there weren't, that many uh retail based comic strips so i thought 
once again, me getting cocky, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get syndicated. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just that easy. Yeah, yeah. That's not my thought process because I I didn't know how things worked at the time. And like, and this was like around the time of like, like social, early social media. So I was like posting things up to Facebook and MySpace or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, um, but with this one, like, this comic taught me like, like how to write, like, you know, how to write better, how to make um, longer form stories within the comic strips. This comic, like, people really enjoy, like, this comic has a fan base, like, a, a bit of one, like, a, a, a tiny bit of fan base. Um, and, like, people from all over can relate to it, you know? Oh, yeah, because working food service, you just treat like shit, mostly. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and it doesn't, and it doesn't matter, like, like, who you are, or like who the customers are, like that clash just like like it, it sucks, man. It, it sucks. Oh yeah. And I wanted to take that concept of why it sucks, and I wanted to make it funny. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you know, people really, people really dug it. I drew like about four hundred comic strips of that. Published two book collections of his own. And I'm still sitting on another like hundred something comics that I can always like put into another book collection. Um, that's that's so many comics. Yeah, man. Like, I, I, it's crazy uh, how many I've done. But you know, I got tired of doing that because while I had a bit of a fan base, like around this time, I realized, man, like nothing's really going on with this. It didn't get syndicated. It wasn't going to get syndicated because I actually said I actually sent out packets with this one. And looking back on it, it should not have because the comic was not drawn well at all. <laughs> Oh, that's something like you can only see through like the wisdom of time, you know? Yeah, no, no exactly. Um, also, at the same time, like my my personal taste in like entertainment have changed. Like I, uh, you know, when I first started, like with my first uh, web comic, it was uh, it was called the Reset Button. Uh, I was like into like the the Boondocks humor, the uh, South Park, Family Guy. Uh, the adults, the early adult swim stuff, I loved. Oh yeah. And then like with on the grind, I was still kind of into that, but because I wanted like to do like the whole newspaper thing, and I wanted to reach that audience, I kind of um, toned it down just a bit. I stopped doing comics for a while, and then somewhere along the lines, like my my first my first born, my son was born, and then my taste changed yet again. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you make it seem like humans uh, mature over time. Well, the crazy thing about me maturing is that, like, that my my the content in my comics became more and more family friendly. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, because uh, after that, I did like uh, I did another. I actually rebooted that first webcomic, the reset button, and I made it a kids comic. Huh. And uh, and that and that was fun. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, I did that for a couple years. Another couple hundred uh, comic strips. So I'm like at like 800 at this point. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Wild. <laughs> yeah, another book collection. I'm not. I, I don't consider myself done with that uh, version reset button, but uh, I had to stop. I had to take a break because of Beware Tyler. Mm. Because Beware Tyler, uh, I drew on a whim, just because my daughter did something crazy. And I thought it was so funny. I draw it to a comic strip, and everybody loved it. And it actually gained a lot of traction in a short period of time. So, you know, I got to I got to do something with this. Right, right. 
you know, um, I, I haven't written any syndication packets yet, but. <laughs> Dude, well, speaking as a fan, like, this is just such a relatable, fun comic. Like, you know how the best, like, observational comics point out things that you see every day. You're like, oh, yeah, I didn't, I never really thought about, like, the ends of shoelaces or st- stupid stuff like that. With this, it's like <laughs> you're seeing your own kid being a spaz and how, like, how you react to that. So it's it's really awesome yeah. and really, like, relatable. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I love about it. Um, because I was born from actual real-life experiences, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was just, like, the early comics, I thought, like, I, of course, I'm going to relate to it because it's happened to me. But when I've realized that it happens to everybody, and like, are like all of our kids, all our kids do the exact same thing, <laughs> same things. I um, I had people telling me, "Hey, yo, like this, this could be the thing. This could be it. Like everybody loves it. It's relatable. It's uh, it's funny. It's well drawn." So I I I just told myself, "Okay, I'm just gonna do everything I can to to make this the best comic I can make it." And um. And so far, like here we are. I'm drawing. Uh, I'm actually drawing like tomorrow's comic right now. Uh, uh, at oh, least nice. I was earlier today. And this will be comic number 199. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, man. It's only been like a couple years. It's, it hasn't even been three years yet. So so it's pretty sweet. That's crazy. And when you're when you're in the middle of creating, do you have anything playing in the background? Or are you listening to silence like a stone cold psychopath? It depends. It you know it depends. Like I could be doing one of like fifty different things. Like <laughs> I kid you not. Like uh, sometimes, like I, I'll listen to music. Like I'm a I'm a big hip hopper. Like so, I'll, I'll just like I'll have my music playing. Uh, lately, I've been into jazz. Like I've been listening to jazz when I create. Really? Yeah, because like a, a lot of the hip hop music, I, I enjoy. Um, I've noticed incorporates uh, jazz into it and has become a gateway for me to get into jazz itself. Oh, that's wild. Um, so, so that's been, that's been pretty neat. Um, in fact, yeah, I just found out that like uh, this song that I liked from the Boondock soundtrack was sampled from, I believe it's uh, Duke Ellington and John Coltrane. Really? Yeah. Um, uh, in a sentimental, in a sentimental mood. And that blew my mind because I'm like hearing the sample of the song that I like in this other song, and I really like, and I really got into that. Oh, that's got to be surreal. But so yeah, man. So I uh, so that's so why I'll listen to that, or um, I'll, I'll watch TV in the background. I'll have like animated sitcoms. You know, you have your Simpsons, your Family Guys, your American Dads, uh, your Rick and Morty's, like shows along those lines. Mm-hmm. SNL from time to time. I'll do SNL. Sometimes, like, when I'm just, like, exhausted and I know I have to make a comic, I'll just play a video game off to the side while I draw this comic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've i been guilty of doing that quite uh, quite often. Um, But, but yeah, like, like, I'm, like, going through, like, the Dark Souls games right now, and sometimes I'll, like, just play Dark Souls, and, like, when I die, I'll, like, draw, like, a panel of the comic. Wait, isn't Dark Souls, like, you die all the time in that game? Yep. <laughs> yeah, man, those those games are really uh, they're they are difficult when you first start. They get they get easier in my opinion as, as they go along, but um, <laughs> I'm currently going through like the entire series right now. 
Oh my gosh. I was kind of wondering if you'd be on the, the Elden Ring trail. Because right uh, now it seems like everyone and their mother is playing that game but me. I have Elden Ring. I pre-ordered it. Okay. Uh, and I, I played a couple hours and I really enjoyed it. But I told myself, because I have not like beaten like the original Dark Souls trilogy, I'm just gonna go through these first, you know? <laughs> and so I uh, so I got back into Dark Souls One. I just beat that like two weeks ago. And I'm like halfway through Dark Souls Two. You know, I respect that. So I'll do the trilogy. I'll go back to Elden Ring, and then I'll go back to uh, Bloodborne, uh, and any other ones next. I just like the you have this like the hottest game in the world right now, and you're like, I'm gonna go back and play these several years old games first. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, you, you never do that. Like, um, well, here's the thing. I I'm I only play like three games. And one of them is Skyrim. Oh, oh yeah. Oh man, I was just like, I was on another podcast a couple weeks ago, just talking about how much I love uh, the uh, Bethesda's RPGs. Uh, they don't mess around. It's not <laughs> yeah. fair. They're, they're they're insanely good. Like Starfield comes out this year. I cannot wait. Are you going to pre-order that and then not finish it until you finish Elden Ring? Uh, did I, did I pre-order it already? <laughs> I don't know. No, the, uh, I'll make it an exception for for uh, Bethesda RPGs. I'll actually like play those through. I may go back and uh and uh finish the main storyline in uh Fallout seventy six. Oh jeez, I may do that. I like Fallout seventy six. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I I respect how many games you're currently juggling while knocking on the door of two hundred comics. Yeah, I may I may be a gamer, guys. I may be a gamer. Full disclosure. Hello there. My name is Don Cardenas, and I'm here to invite you to check out my podcast, the 2021 Grantee Award-winning Comics Coffee Medal, where I interview creatives in, around, and about the worlds of, you guessed it, Comics Coffee and Metal. I've already had such amazing guests on my show, including, but not limited to, Liana Kangas, Mike Norton, John O'Diener, Michael Conrad, Sophie Campbell, Guitar Max Carlisle, Andrew Baina, and of course, the word bros themselves, Bob and Kevin. Comics Coffee Metal is available on all the major podcast services, and you can find it directly at comicscoffeemetal.com. I hope to see you there, and now I return you to Into the Comics Cave with the amazing, awesome, talented, um, tall, handsome, uh, what else did I say? Definitely over six feet tall, smells good like lavender and motorcycle grease. Is that right? Motorcycle grease? Alright. Grant Stoy. There, I said it. Get my money now. Oh, so George, I got a I got a weird question for you. Uh-huh. So let's say that you are uh you're at the bookstore, you pull out this unreleased Calvin and Hobbes book, brand new. You crack it open to smell the pages, and this genie comes out. It's like, hey, you seem like an artistic fellow. How about, how about a deal? So I can make you the world's greatest musician on any instrument you touch. However, for one weekend every month, you have to be an animal in a children's zoo. Would you take that deal? No. Nah. No, what? no, 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 because I, I enjoy music. I don't want to create music. Like, 
I would like you could be as great. You could be great at it, but if you don't enjoy it, then then why? Wow, really? Yeah. Now, now, if you said if you said that, um, I'll 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 make you like like the world's greatest like cartoonist that ever lived or something <laughs> like that. I'd be like, I I'd pause and I'd think about it for a second. Like, Would you take it? I don't know. I, I don't I, know. You've taken I, your kids to a petting zoo. You know what those poor animals go through. Yeah, I don't think I. I mean, I've worked retail before, so it's like <laughs> it's not terribly different. <laughs> and do I want to go through that again? Is the question. <laughs> I I think I'd have to pass for that reason alone. Dude, that's so. I I was not anticipating passing on the music thing. That's so wild. Yeah, yeah because uh, because like like you know how it is like. Like you, you, um, you enjoy something, mm-hmm. but when you start making it, it's different. Like, like you know, I enjoy, I enjoy reading comics. I think I enjoy making them even more. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like I, uh, I enjoy music, but I don't think I'd enjoy making it. Like, like I love video games, but I don't think I'd enjoy making one. Yeah, man. Like I. I, I like to enjoy it, but I don't think I like to to make it, and I can't see myself being on an exhibit like like that for anything, you know. Like you can pay me that kind of money, or if if money was even allowed, I'm like, no, nah, I, I can't, man. Oh, that's really insightful. <laughs> and well, George, uh, we are up to the last five questions we asked. Already, dude, I'm yeah, having a blast. Yeah, we were talking for a half an hour. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, how about one more irreverent question? Okay. So let's say that you you can be the greatest cartoonist alive. However, you have to have tiny little baby hands. Hmm. And you can't not have baby hands. You have to have... Okay. Gross I... little baby hands. I might have to pass on that. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because you cannot hold a video game controller or play on a sticks. Because I have arcade sticks and you cannot play on those with baby hands. Oh, dude, that's right. <laughs> Especially if you have like the Generation 1 Xbox controller that's already as big as like a small pizza. That was, that was, that was exactly that was the first controller that popped in my head, too. <laughs> I've got one. I've got one uh, line around here somewhere, but uh, yeah, man. Like that means I can't play, because I like my daughter's four, and I I remember seeing her try to play when she was like younger. Mm-hmm. I like give the controller, and it was just like, no, like we'll wait till you're we'll wait till you're bigger. You're not gonna break my controller. But sometimes I hear my my son gets mad in the game, and I I think I'll hear him throw a controller, and I'll think that's your controller. It better be. <laughs> oh. Like, my my controller, like like my Xbox controller, like my main controller is an elite. He will never touch that Ooh. controller. PlayStation, I don't even know what my PlayStation 4 controller is right now. <laughs> they could they could play well, I, I've got a PS5. Oh so so I don't know where like the dual shocks go. Uh 
I don't what, care what happens to the PS4 now. But here's the thing: for what it's worth, uh, the fighting games are so much better with the DualShock Four than it is with the DualSense. Really? Yeah, I um, something about the, the way the controller feels. Mm-hmm. Like it hurts my thumb when I try to play fighting games on it, which is weird. Yeah, because because that happens on no other controller, uh, not even a PS4 controller, because uh, the uh, the 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 D pad is a bit smaller. Okay. And uh, it feels harder. So like when you, so when you're like in a fighting game, it's it will jack up your thumbs, man. Oh, dude. Uh, when uh, Injustice Two came out a few oh my years goodness. ago, dude. Yeah, how were your hands with that? That you're know, funny. When you, when I was talking about that, I was actually thinking about Netherrealm fighting games. <laughs> but uh. But uh, yeah, that that actually did kind of hurt quite a bit, like because I played it on, on PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, that hurt like uh, quite a bit. Um, what's the game I, I I was playing? Just playing like King of Fighters 15. Oh, how's that? It's good. It, it's good. If you if you like 14, you'll like 15. Okay. Because they're they're very similar in my opinion. Uh, what was it Guilty Gear? Guilty Gear hurts. That hurts my thumbs. Uh, as well. But um, yeah, man, I used to. I loved Injustice. I loved Injustice Two. Uh, I can't wait for three. I don't know what the holdup is. Man, I I got so into Injustice Two, especially when they're like, you can uh, you can buy a pack with the Ninja Turtles. And that's what do I love? I love the turtles. I uh, <laughs> I, I would actually uh, that they were actually my main character for like quite a while. They're really them. good. They are like, like I don't know why. I'm sitting thinking, like, why don't they just make a turtle, another turtles fighting game? Give that another shot. I think it's because uh, they don't like money. I think <laughs> that'd be my only guess. That they have to be like, <laughs> it's like that. That seems like the no brainer. Like, don't even do Injustice Three. Do a turtles game. <laughs> like, complete with the story mode. You have more than enough characters. Oh my gosh! Yeah, especially if they're combining like the different, uh, like publishers of the books. Like there's yeah. different characters in Image and Archie and IDW and Mirage and stuff. Yeah, and then and then you could throw like like all like four of the uh, the animated series like. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, five shows if you if you count the live action one. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if anyone wants to do that. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> and then, you know, and then, like, why don't they do that? Why not? Now I'm mad because I want this to happen. And it's kind of, it's really frustrating in the in the the light of everyone and their mom are doing, like, something-verse. Like, Spider-verse, Bat-verse, all these expanded things. We have to have all the characters all the time. Like, oh, my gosh, if they made a Turtle-verse fighting game, I would drop $100 easy for a pre-launch. So would I. In fact, uh, you know, here's the best argument for one. They came out with a Power Rangers fighting game about three or four years ago. Nobody really talks about it. The game itself is very good. It's uh, it's basically like Marvel versus Capcom. Okay. But with Power Rangers. And I think like some ex uh, Marvel versus Capcom devs actually worked on the game. Oh. Uh, but it's it's crazy good. Um, and if they did that, like with turtles, like it, it would like 
it, it would sell like crazy. In fact, like, what was that, last week when they announced the Turtles collection? Did you see how everybody like lost their minds over it? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, if that's not an argument, like, for, like, a new game right now, like, a new, like, actual fighting game, like, I don't know what is. What was the, the Turtles fighting game on Genesis? Oh, uh, Tournament Fighters. Yes. Oh, I love that game so much. I have that cartridge. Like I, I, I collect also. But, yeah. But uh, I have that cartridge around here somewhere. I do. I, I try to play it from time to time, but I'm terrible at it. Because <laughs> these modern controllers have made your hands weak. Uh, that pre shoot that PS5 controller has already damaged my hands. <laughs> already ruined my hands. America, I can still draw. <laughs> you know, you get 90. As soon as you hit 200, just go on hiatus and be like, I need to destroy my hands and be good at a video game that's about 30 years old. Exactly. <laughs> All right, for real now, we are approaching the five questions that we right. ask every guest. They're based off of James Lipton's Inside the Actor's Studio. Number one, what? Is your favorite sequential art sound effect? Oh, um, this is where we point out that you have about eight hundred strips worth of experience. Eight hundred strips? Yeah, Dude, man, I don't know. You know, what? my favorite is—it's not a sound effect. It's technically a lot of dialogue that can double as a sound effect. Okay, and it's basically like whenever one of my characters is like, uh, like startled or scared. They, they go like, gah! <laughs> and, and it's spelled just like that, G-A-H. And I've done that. I've used that in, like, the last three webcomics that, that I've done. That might be my favorite one, just because it is, it, I mean, it is technically a sound effect. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but this one I keep going back to. Number two, we're going to say, what is your favorite thing about sequential art? My favorite thing about sequential art, uh, just like overall, or just like uh, when like creating it, or yeah, whatever. Okay, well, my favorite thing has to be man. Oh, this is a good one. Okay, <laughs> because you know, like man, well, if, when creating it, my favorite thing, my favorite thing with creating it is actually seeing it like come together when it actually flows and it flows well. Um. But I guess my overall favorite thing about sequential art is when you're able, and it's like the thing having that Hobbs thing, where you're able to take something and make it feel like something, like something outside of like the boundaries of the, the panel itself. Yeah. For example, say like Watchmen. Like you can see yourself living in that world, you know, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're able to see that despite the limitations of the panels themselves. And, and I think that's pretty wonderful. And to be able to tell a story with those limitations is, is like neat. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, Not yeah. something I perfected, but I'm working on it. <laughs> Again, I don't think anyone's perfected it since Watterson. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And on the other side of the coin, number three, what is your least favorite thing about sequential art? Um, well, well, that that will actually will come down to, to creating certain things, and that's just like when you're 
spending hours on end working on the same thing and it just does not come out right for whatever reason that that's that's the worst thing like by far like that line just won't look great it's always with the inky for some reason (laughs) yeah like it just it it doesn't come out like i guess my least favorite thing is when i see something especially that i created Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look on paper like how I had it envisioned in my head. Okay, sub-question. What is the furthest along with the strip you've been where you're like, I hate this, I have to stop? Um, It's happened quite a few times. And uh, usually with those, I'll just I'll just stop and I'll just make another strip. Oh my gosh. Uh, so I have some half-finished strips in there somewhere. Uh, because a lot of the comics that I write, I, I'll just like come up with an idea off the top of my head and write it right then and there, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm horribly organized. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but uh, yeah, like I, if if there's a strip I hate, like like I just can't not do anymore, I'll just I'll just do something else. I'll just I'll stop and I'll do something else, and maybe I'll revisit it in the future, uh, when my head is clearer. But like I. It's hard for me to see that one through to the end because in my in my in my opinion, if I don't like it, no one else will. That's a good point. Yeah. So so that's that's just like my my way of thinking about it. And number four, we got what is your favorite curse word that's not a curse word? As a parent, I'm excited to hear your answer. <laughs> oh oh man, see it, it, it's funny because like I I'm not cursed at all tonight, but I curse a lot. <laughs> But uh, favorite curse word is not a curse word. You know what? I don't really have any because I'll just find out curse if I need to. <laughs> but uh, but one that stuck with me is one that like uh, this old teacher used to say. Like when he wanted the curse, he'll just say uh, like cheese and crackers or something like that. <laughs> and, I, and I thought it was like the weirdest thing in the world. It made no sense. I get it now. But <laughs> uh, so I'm just gonna go with that. I'm just gonna go with that one. That's good, and it makes me hungry. Yeah, that, that too. I can't can't ever go wrong with food. So, George, I, I got some bad news for you. Right. You you busted out your Sega Genesis one night, and you were having so much fun. You played for a week straight, no sleep, no food, no water, and you died. The good news is you you beat tournament fighters, which is great. But you're dead now. I'm sorry. Oh, no. But don't worry. You go to what we perceive as heaven. And when you get to the pearly gates, you see this this kind of angry-looking older man. He's got big eyebrows and a big cigar. And he's sitting at a drafting table. And it's Jacob Kurtzberg, a.k.a. Jack Kirby, the king of Western comics. What do you hope he says to you? Uh, well, I... I don't know. I know what I hope he doesn't say. What do you hope he doesn't say? <laughs> I hope he doesn't notice that I've tried to use the crackle on several occasions. <laughs> but I, I saw what you did there, young man. I don't know. I, I think I uh I'd hope he said that uh hey your work's not that bad. I yeah, I guess that's the work the best you can hope for is to have the the most renowned I mean, regardless of history, you know, give you a compliment. 
Yeah, I'll does he have, it, it doesn't even have to be high praise. Low praise is good enough when it's coming from Kirby. Seriously, not that bad. It's like <laughs> I want to frame that and put it on my wall. Like, man, this is this is not terrible. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I can make it. Ah, George, that was awesome. And uh, I want to thank you for for joining me. And where can folks find you on the uh, socials? Oh, thank you, uh, yo, thank you for having me. Uh, you can uh, follow me at uh, Geocant Art on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can also follow Beware of Toddler on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also on Webtoon. Uh, and check out the book Toddlerhood. I'm actually going to uh, release pre-order information for that very soon. And you got the, the hard copies in recently, didn't you? Yep, I just sent them out to all the backers, so you should have yours uh, uh, soon if you haven't gotten it already. Uh, I literally like shipped everything uh, Monday and yesterday. Hey, oh, uh, the only ones I didn't ship were for uh, certain backers because I uh, I'm adding something to it and I'm not quite done yet. But everything else <laughs> done, shipped. Uh, you should have email, tracking number, all that stuff. Yeah. Dude, thank you again. Oh, man, dude, thank you for having me. This is fun. This has been a Comic Book Yeti production. You can find new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts stream. For more information on the Comic Book Yeti, please visit comicbookyeti.com. And for more of Grant, visit grantstoy.com or on Twitter at Grant and Stuff. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now 